0: I think I enjoyed the Istanbul Straits, you know, so far the best. It's a pretty sight, you know, nice, interesting uh, million dollar holiday homes of uh, people on either side. and uh, It's a great
1: route. And do you often encounter dolphins chasing you on the ship?
0: Pretty much uh, all the time, I would say, you know. Um, So there are these uh, pressure areas Mm -hmm. that are generated due to uh, the ship's movement through the water, uh-huh. right at the forward part, you know. Okay. So, you'll see a bunch of them always there. It's probably like a jacuzzi or something for them, you know.
1: Offspin Media
0: Friends proudly presents A Day in Your Life by Anand Krishnan An Offspin Original
1: Hi. Hi. My name is Anant and welcome to this podcast where this is all about you, a day in your life. In the 6th episode of this series, I speak with a Merchant Navy Captain. The Captain has a request to not reveal his name. So for everyone's convenience, I'm going to be continuing calling him Captain. Let's hear what the Captain has to say about a day in his life. Hi Captain, could you give me a little description about yourself, where you are born and raised?
0: Hi, Anant. Uh, so I was born up in uh, Mumbai and uh, as you are aware, uh, I am uh, working in the merchant Navy and I sail as a master or um, you, some, I mean, it's sometimes referred to as skipper or captain, you know, uh, either one of them, it's the same thing. I spend half of my time on uh, land and the other half at sea. So basically I, I'm on land for three months and it's uh, three months at sea. I enjoy travel a lot, you know. So that's why I thought I'll have something related to travel as my work. And uh, yeah, so far I'm pretty happy with the way things are going.
1: Awesome. Could you tell me a little about your education and how did you happen to get into the Merchant Navy?
0: Okay. Travel has always been on my mind and this was one of the places uh, where I felt... I could work and travel at the same time. So I joined the Merchant Navy after uh, my junior college. I mean, I joined, actually, I started my training after junior college.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it began with uh, pre-sea training, which is uh, about three months. It's a residential course. And thereafter, it's a three-year uh, onboard uh, ship training. Okay. They call it the cadet ship. Basically, you're an apprentice. Uh-huh. After that training, I had to attend uh, college for a uh, few months, and uh, then competency exams and orals. Okay. And then finally, after all of this, uh, you get declared as an officer. Okay. And, uh, you start off uh, the rank of uh, third officer, and uh, then after required sea time, basically sailing and uh, experience, mm-hmm. you get promoted to second officer then from second officer chief officer and finally master or captain so that has been the i mean the course so far
1: awesome do you remember what was your first uh cadet trip like how long was it
0: oh it was long yeah i mean it was uh nine months and uh oh man <laughs> yeah you know, almost felt like hey have i ever going to return back you know <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of work you know there's a lot of study and uh it is pretty hectic and unfortunately i was on one of those uh most hectic uh vessels, you know where we were calling port every second day you know oh. i mean my longest sailing then was uh, one and a half day or two days you know okay that was the longest sailing so very hectic i would say and uh i mean it was uh I mean, uh, let's say it was good and bad to have uh, such a ship as your first ship, you know, Hmm. because uh, you have a very easy first ship, then all your other ships become a problem. You have something like this, you never have a problem after that. So, the second one was my condition.
1: Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah, because I think you're honed extremely well in that nine months of your first trip.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, after that, uh, you you can handle pretty much anything, you know. So it was, but it was, it was really bad. It was really bad that first ship. But uh, after that, I never had a problem. So that is a good part. Okay. Yeah, that first nine months was a struggle. Uh, So it was basically nine, nine, nine months I did initially Mm -hmm. um, during that cadetship, the training period. So three ships of nine months each. That's how it
1: was. Oh man, that's a long time. And this is with no Saturday and Sunday and of course, no holidays.
0: Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Every day felt the same.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: One worse than the other, you know.
1: Mm. And uh, clearly, there was no internet back then. And you had to, how did you, you know, perhaps get in touch with your family?
0: Uh, so, there was no internet. Even uh, calling was not so easy. It was uh, quite expensive, if I would equate it uh, in today's uh, day calling from sea, you know, while you're sailing at, I mean, at sea, not, not, and not in port, you know, where you have, a um, network, like mobile network. Right. Um, I would say a minute was about, uh, five, 600 bucks. Yeah. Oof. A minute of uh, voice at that time. Okay. So it was quite expensive. Uh, the other form of, uh, communication would be through old school uh, letters okay, and uh, the beauty about it was it took ages to reach <laughs> so it would so happen then that certain letters for you would arrive after you have left the ship you know okay so i would receive letters which were which were <laughs> for the person i redeemed okay. uh, that was it then but uh, now it's much better yeah so i mean better it's way way better uh, you got internet and communication is no problem. It's much better.
1: Yeah, just to update the listener, me and the captain are having this conversation while he's on board on a ship, you know, somewhere in South America.
0: Absolutely. Yes, that is what it is today. So Amazing. It's quite good now.
1: Yeah. What is your day like usually from the time you wake up and, you know, until the day ends? Could you tell me a little about this?
0: I I can break it down to, you know, two parts. Let's say a sea day, Mm-hmm. And a port day, okay? Because uh, it would be quite different. Uh, so I'll talk about the sea day first. Okay. sea day is actually quite in my control. I can control the C day. I wake up at uh, six. I do a bit of workout. Then breakfast is from from um, uh, seven to eight, mm-hmm. and uh, I I hit work by uh, eight in the morning. Would work till uh, five. Um, breaking for lunch at uh, 12 between 12 and 1 and uh dinner is from 6 to 7 p.m and i finally crash at 10 okay so that would be my uh, day now uh, what i would do when i start is i would get an update from all departments on board you have three departments the deck department uh the engine room and uh the galley. Galley is basically your catering and your, your kitchen. Okay. So we'll get an update from there, see how things are planned and uh, if any changes need to be made there or if there are any issues, those need to be dealt with. Then I start the more important thing, which would be communicating with the outside world. Mm-hmm. Now, the outside world would include the owners, owners, that is the ship owners, the people who own the ship. Mm-hmm. The charterers, they charter the vessel. Uh, The technical managers, they manage the vessel. And finally, the crewing managers, they manage the crew. Okay. So the owners, they want to know what is happening. They need to know details. They, It's their ship, obviously, and they're entitled to. So they need to be assured that everything is going as per plan and any issues need to be reported. And so... That is what happens with the own owners. The charterers, I would say these are very important people because uh, that is where the money comes from. Mm -hmm. They would, they fix the cargo basically. Mm -hmm. So, and how this is done, suppose the ship is in a particular region, Mm -hmm. they will look around there for cargo, which would be suitable for the vessel and, um, they'll also check like what would be the fit involved for this i mean whether it's a profitable thing once such a cargo has been identified this information is passed to the vessel you get to know you're okay you're going to load from port a and uh, you have to discharge that cargo in port b so this is how the voyage gets fixed you know so this job is done by the charterer so the charterers need to know how is the cargo on board if everything is fine mm. they need to know when are you reaching port you need to give them a lot of updates related to the cargo related to our time of arrival and all. So that kind of communication happens with the charters. Hmm. So then you have the technical managers, they look into the maintenance of the vessel. Now the vessel has to be maintained, right? Like your car and bike. yeah. Uh, it, it goes to the service center from time to time. And there's like a maintenance done on it and all. Mm-hmm. Same way, uh, the ship also every 5 years goes to a dry dock you know to get major uh, maintenance done which is below water level you know which which we can't do at sea mm. rest of the maintenance can be done at sea okay uh, you know so these technical managers they ensure that uh, the ship is run safely they provide you with whatever you need you need spare parts you need food i mean pretty much anything you need is uh, managed by the technical managers okay so they ensure that you have valid licenses and certificates to trade. Mm-hmm. These need to be renewed from time to time. Mm-hmm. To renew them. there are certain inspections which need to be done. All this is handled by the technical managers okay, and then you have the crew ma- the crew managers. these people organize the crew changes. now you can't have the people on board sailing forever. you know they need to get relieved. From time to time, you know. Yeah. Uh, whenever the whenever their contract ends, so the planning of that, getting the next person ready, organized. Yeah. Happens by the I mean, is done by the crew managers. So they also need to be aware of you know who has to be relieved when and where and you know that kind of communication. So basically, I'm communicating with the outside world. We get information. We share information. Okay. This is how I would say my feed uh, day. Okay. Port day. A port day is uh, something which is out of my control. Yeah. You know, because uh, I can't control timings here. When the port calls the ship in, the vessel has to go in. And uh, for loading, discharging, for fueling or or, or bunkering, you know, whatever. You, you go when the port is ready, not the ship is ready ship okay. is ready all the time actually okay so, i mean we could be called at like 2 a.m 3 a.m anytime you know so that is when there are no timings hmm. everything works as per port timings uh sometimes you could end up being awake for almost 24 hours you know without any rest and all but then that's the way it is uh that's the way port the port is things have to be done then hmm. they have to be done got it that's why i said it's it's out of my control that's more or less my day.
1: Now that you know me, clearly a guy like me can't walk in the ship.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of people would find it difficult to handle those kind of uh, times, you know, the night uh, things. Yeah. they are really tricky. But uh, I mean, I hate it. I, 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 hate, I don't hate anything more than that, you know. Especially when we have night operations and all. You know, oh, yeah. you do whatever you want during the day, but hey, please spare the night. Exactly. But yeah, that's, that's what it is.
1: So how is it to be a captain and to perhaps head a team of 30 odd people or maybe more to sail? How do you prepare for it and what are the challenges that uh, you would face?
0: So basically uh, preparing for a voyage. Now, that is very interesting because uh, you have to have a proper plan in place. Uh, firstly, you get all the information mm-hmm. you know, as to where the ship is headed, which port to which port. So you prepare a passage plan for the entire thing. OK, it's going to take me so many days to go from place A to place B. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, the amount of uh, fuel I would need. Obviously, uh, the ship uh, has minimum number of people required to run it from uh, place a to place b so there are certain checks which need to be in place uh, before the ship can depart from boat all these plans have to be in place you need to have certain amount of uh, food and certain amount of spares and uh, things like that before you can uh, you know uh, set on the voyage, and uh, yeah, that is uh, the kind of uh, preparation you would have mm-hmm. made, uh, you know, before you head out. Uh, you better be well prepared because uh, <laughs> you'll get stranded at sea if you're, uh, you know, if you run out. Imagine you run out of fuel oh, in man. the middle of the ocean—disaster, absolute disaster. Yeah, uh, so you can't, you can't afford to be in such a situation. So everything has to be well planned for. You know. Yeah. And uh, then handling people on board, um, yeah, it's it's quite challenging, you know, because uh, people on board are away from home uh, for a very long duration. So, that does put some strain on your mind. Uh, Then there are different nationalities you're working with, different cultures. So, that can be challenging as well, you know, because you you need to understand uh, the culture. You need to understand where everyone is coming from you know right. especially when you're on a uh, sailing on a ship with a multinational crew and mostly nowadays uh, you do find a uh, multinational crew on board uh, vessels you know i normally sail with around like uh, 6 7 different nationalities Oh-ho. but then uh, over a period of time you tend to understand you know you tend to understand those nationalities and uh, you prepare accordingly yeah another challenging thing is weather yeah? you oh. prepare as much as you can you know yeah. but then uh, you have to face weather yeah you can't uh, I mean you can avoid it that sometimes but uh, there are some times when you have to face the fury yeah so for example you have to cross the North Atlantic Ocean in winter uh-huh. this can be a nightmare the ship the ship will be rolling and pitching all through the voyage yeah? let's say a New York to Europe would take you about uh, nine days 10 days depending on how how the weather is you will be rolling and pitching all through that voyage you know because the north atlantic in winter is messed up you know it is it is very bad uh you have you seen those charlie chaplin films he's having uh you know he takes one spoon from the bowl and that bowl uh, rolls over to uh, the next person and uh, that person is also <laughs> i don't know if you would remember seeing this but then uh, Uh, let me tell you it's much worse on board you know you might not get that bowl back it will (laughs) probably be off the table or something (laughs) okay so so you have to uh, i mean uh, you can't do much uh, in uh, weather that's uh, one of the major challenges i feel you face at sea
2: Hmm.
0: and um, sleeping also can be tough yeah in such weather you're uh, you're constantly tossing all over the place so you don't you don't rest basically. You think you're sleeping, you're not sleeping. You know, you are awake. Yeah. And uh, imagine doing uh, ten to fifteen days, sometimes twenty days. If you're doing Pacific, it could be thirty days. Oh. You might not get it that bad all through the voyage, but I would say ten days, uh, ten to fifteen days of such weather is quite possible. Yeah. Hmm. Is um is very much possible actually. Hmm. So you're not rested. imagine when you're not rested, how you would be the next day and what can you achieve the next day. So it is challenging. Then you have some missionary failure or something, you know, something goes wrong with the missionary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have uh, spare parts. uh, I mean, a certain amount of spare parts on board, you know, but then uh, something goes beyond that. What help you yeah again that's a new and that's a major problem yeah. yeah now add some missionary failure with bad weather together Oh-ho. and then you have the ideal recipe for disaster you know. this is I a mean, pretty bad
1: yeah i can't imagine how scary that would be
0: mm, then you have various emergencies to deal with yeah
1: um, for example a man overboard or a fire and all yeah
0: just serious serious stuff now think of a fire ashore. What will you do? You'll run. You have place to run. You know, you don't have that option at sea. Ashore, you can call for a fire brigade and things like that. You know, to assist. Yeah. To deal with the fire, you have number. Dial a number.
1: Correct. Here you, know, you dial have to handle the, the situation yourself.
0: You are the fire brigade. Yes. So, yeah. But then drills and some training and all help you prepare for all these situations. So. Right. These could be some of the challenges that you can face. Yeah, you can encounter all these things.
1: I was saying, uh, with respect to weather, your description that you just gave, uh, perhaps your company might, uh, you know, reroute you depending on the weather forecast. You know that it might, you know, kind of predict with the kind of cargo that you're carrying and the route that you might take. If you analyze or predict bad weather, it might not tell you to take that route. Does that happen?
0: Yes, yes, you reroute, you reroute, Uh, does help a, a little bit, but I'm um, just trying, I just gave you an example of uh, the North Atlantic, it's uh, pretty much uh, totally messed up, you know, so yeah. all throughout uh, the year, the only then the only thing then is uh, no winter, 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 winter months. Okay. So, uh, so you can avoid, but there are times when, uh, I mean, only, the only way to avoid it is not call that port only. Huh? You'll have to head to some other port only. you have to, instead of uh, Europe, uh, I mean, say in Northern Europe, you might need to go to uh, some port in the Mediterranean or something, which is not possible, obviously. Eventually, you have to land up, you know. So there is uh, a good bit of weather that you will face. Right. Maybe not as bad by, by the rerouting and all, but uh, even the not as bad is uh, quite bad. Hmm. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the size of the ship now, if I'm if I'm on a major, huge, uh, you know, uh, three and a half lakh or uh, up to five lakh tonne VLCC, you know, these big, big, huge uh, oil carriers, yeah, no problem. But if you're on a smaller, uh, 50, 000 dead weight, uh, a fifty thousand deadweight, a small and smaller ship, you will be tossed all over the place, even in very, uh, you know, not so bad weather.
3: Oh. So okay.
0: Even the reroute, even the rerouting is not going to be easy on you. It's going to take a toll. So,
1: that is weather. And plus, as the saying goes, sometimes the quickest way is to ride through the storm. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, after so many years, I would not dare to do that. But, uh, you know, I don't mind taking that uh, extra time and uh, rerouting and all and uh, get slightly better weather than, uh, you know, go through it uh, it depends yeah uh, yeah maybe uh yeah if it is just one day of manageable weather mm. understood rather than having three days of uh torture you know Yeah, so I in some cases it might work but in some cases it might be very bad and you don't want to be in the, such a bad situation where imagine there's a structural damage uh, for the ship and uh, all in that weather you know yeah so that can be very serious so you don't want to take those kind of chances, you know. Yeah. So you probably prefer taking not so bad weather. Yes, I know it is going to be uncomfortable for a little longer time. But then at the same time, you know that that kind of weather is not going to cause so much of damage, you know, mm-hmm. to the vessel or I mean, the risk is less.
1: I get so it. I get that it. Way. Captain, how many times would you have sailed till now and which is perhaps the most amazing route? That comes to your mind if I ask you right away now.
0: So I've been sailing for about uh, twenty odd uh, years now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, it's been interesting. Um, I think I enjoyed the Istanbul Straits. You know, um, so far the best. This it's got. Uh, I mean, it's got nice. It's it's a nice view basically. Mm-hmm. You pass pretty. I mean, it's a narrow channel. Okay. About half a mile, mm-hmm. ha- the that would be the width of the channel, and uh, it's a pretty sight, you know, nice, interesting uh, million-dollar holiday homes of uh, people on either side, and uh, it's a great route. Wow. There's another great route, uh, which is um, the Malin Straits, That's south of Chile. Okay. That's also pretty neat, you know. It's got ice mountains on either side, and uh, something what you would have probably seen in game of thrones or lord of the rings and all you know that kind of a scenery wow so yeah for a ship which is constantly at sea mm-hmm. definitely looks good yeah these are things which you would enjoy seeing
1: and do you often encounter dolphins chasing you on the ship
0: pretty much uh, all the time i would say you know um so there are these uh pressure areas mm-hmm. that are generated due to uh, the ship's movement through the water, uh-huh. uh, right at the forward part, you know. Okay. So, you'll see a bunch of them always, uh, you know, always there. It's probably like a jacuzzi or something for them. You know? So, <laughs> a lot of time uh, yeah. Uh, then you'll find uh, uh, 20, 30 of them trying to cross ahead of you, you know, like just, just ahead. Hmm. I don't know what, uh, I uh, probably a sport for them, but uh, that also happens quite often, you know, Hmm. they would uh, notice the ship from a distance and uh, this is what uh, they would do, yeah,
1: plenty dolphins, yeah,
0: so nice. It's interesting.
1: Have you ever managed to spot whales?
0: Yes. Whales also—they come to the surface to breathe. Yeah, uh-huh. that's the time you spot them, and then they take a dive uh, back in. So, quite a number of times uh, we've spotted the uh, whales, and they would normally be in pairs. Right, you will not see a single whale. It'll always, will always be in pair. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, these are the these are the things you look forward to and you enjoy seeing and see. You know, when there's not—I mean, when there's only water, yeah, this is all what you can see.
1: Coming back to your ship, have you or a team member faced any health situation on a sailing trip? If so, how did you handle that?
0: Yes, uh, there have been a uh, number of uh, health situations, but uh, all manageable, nothing uh, really very critical. Okay. Uh, at least I have been lucky not to face anything like that.
2: Hmm.
0: If it's something normal, then uh and if you understand what it is and you can adi- administer okay. the medicines for it you have a medicine chest on board which uh is required by international law to okay. be i mean you have a certain scale of medicines that you need to be carrying on board mm-hmm. uh for doing if you're doing a voyage more than a certain number of days you need to have uh this kind of stock on board you know okay so that covers uh most of uh, the illnesses, you know, that uh, you can, you can expect. Okay. If you don't have a solution to the problem, then you can get show assistance. You have something called the IRM. This is, uh, they're based out of Rome and they provide a 24 hours assistance. You give them a problem. You will have to provide uh, some basic information about the patient. You know vitals and the details that is needed they have a checklist you give that to them and uh, they will provide you with uh, you know a diagnosis of whatever uh, the ailment or injury or whatever it is you know. got it they'll also know what kind of medicines you have on board you'll have to give them a list and uh, they'll give you advice if it is serious you'll be told to land the person in the next port you know. okay whichever or if it is very serious then the ship has to be diverted, you know. Got it. To the nearest port, to, or probably get the person uh, evacuated by helicopter or something. So okay. These would be the options that you would need to look into, you know. If it's uh, if it's very serious case, and Un- I mean, uh, luckily I have not had many uh, serious any serious case. It's uh, all been manageable. Okay. And uh, yeah, even if the per- even if the person had to. Go, I mean, uh, go to see a doctor or something. I was not very far from port. So I've been lucky that way. So, and I thank my stars for it.
1: I pray it always be this way. Yes. Coming to the next question, uh, you know, let's talk about food in the ship. How does your food department, you know, prepare for journeys ahead? And um, how do they keep account of food in stock? Could you describe food in general on board?
0: see normally the number of people sailing on board is uh, quite constant you know it doesn't vary you have a fixed number of people uh, sailing so you know the number of people that are on board next you need to know is uh, the different kinds of nationalities you know Mm. because the cuisine will be a little different so I would classify it as uh, three main cuisines that you would find on board one would be Indian Indian Filipino, and uh, European. Okay. These three cuisines will cover most of the nationalities that I normally sail with. Food according to these type of cuisines have, would have to be prepared. So that is the kind of uh, stock list you would make for, uh, you know, the voyage. Mm-hmm. Or uh, before you would before you would set out, this is what you would need to get on board. Mm-hmm. So frozen food like uh, meats, fish, and other dry stuff you pick up for normally three months. Okay. Uh, whereas uh, the problem is always with uh, fresh uh, uh, vegetables and fruits. This basically has a share. I mean it won't last you more than twenty twenty five days max got it so that is where uh, you normally tend to have a problem you know so you can stock up but which can you stock up you can stock up only for uh, that many days because beyond that uh, it won't survive so three months with the frozen food you're pretty stocked up so in case it's a very long voyage like uh, you're doing a cross specific or something you would Uh, want to have some frozen vegetables and uh, you know, tinned fruit options, you know, which will help once your uh, fresh comes out till you hit the next port where you can top up again. So that is uh, more or less how the food thing works. Mm. So the chef has to be pretty good with his uh, ordering, you know. Because you don't want to have your your omelette without an egg or your (laughs) coriander chutney without any coriander, you know. You can't afford to miss out. So you got to be good with your ordering, and yeah, you can't miss any item because every item is important. You know? Absolutely. And no chances taken with food. You can sail, you can sail without cargo, but uh, you don't want to sail without
1: food. Yeah, like you said, long voyages always play a mind game with the crew on board, and you ever don't want to be stuck in a situation without food.
0: And this is one of the things which can help the, you lighten them up, you know, a bit. So yeah. You don't want to take any chance with this, yes.
1: Correct, correct. The next question is a little personal question. Uh, Since I know you really like motorcycles and road travel, what importance does travel in general hold in your life?
0: I have the advantage of a pure vacation. In my three months of vacation, I do not attend to any work calls or emails. I see a lot of my friends work uh, on land. They do so even in their holidays. So basically I have uh, the liberty of going on a road trip for the entire three months of my vacation. So I have done a lot of interesting rides. A few to mention would be Bombay to Ladakh. This took about 30 days till I got back home. Then I did Bombay, Bangalore and the Naughty Uh, Meghalaya in detail actually. Uh, I've done a lot of solo rides other than this as well. They're all pretty interesting. I prefer going to remote locations, less crowded ones, Uh, they are more appealing. My work also involves travel, which is a very important thing in my life. So I travel while I work and uh, then I travel while I'm on vacation. That's been my life so far. About travel, I just have one thing to say, cover the earth before it covers you. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job at it.
1: Very well said. What advice uh, would you have for people who would want to be a sailor?
0: Firstly, be sure of what you're getting into. Uh, You don't want to waste three to four years years of your life uh, training to come to sea, only to realize that you can't survive the environment. This is the most important thing I would want to tell uh, everyone. Then uh, these days, um, everything is pretty commercialized, you know, and so is shipping. It used to be much more peaceful earlier shipping, you know, where um, port turnaround time was much longer and uh, no one really uh, gave a damn about time, you know. Ships were in port for uh, days and weeks, uh, probably even months, you know, together and uh, probably nothing happened on a Saturday and a Sunday, you know, in many ports uh, No cargo was worked uh, on those days. Mm -hmm. So it was very peaceful. You could do your own thing. You could do whatever you wanted to in port those days. Security was not very great. Uh, So now, a lot of places, uh, security is a major issue. Some places, uh, you can't go out certain ports, you know, because of uh, security requirements and restrictions and all that, you know, in certain countries. Yeah. So it has gotten a little difficult so you will i mean uh, port stays are short now so you won't have too much time when you're visiting a port and you know you know you want to go sightseeing and all that that's uh, your time has definitely shortened you know but uh, safety and all has improved a lot you know ships are much safer earlier they were not that big. so lesser accidents and uh, the industry is now moving to zero accidents you know we mm. want to go to zero so so that is an advantage there are the advantages there are the disadvantages so ultimately it's a personal call
1: I would say yeah that's a very sincere advice from you captain captain would you have any fun memorable incident that you might have experienced you know something that's unforgettable
0: mm. yes so I joined uh, a ship once as a uh, I was chief officer then uh-huh. um, That ship was new new for me And uh, the people on board Also I had not sailed with earlier Okay So the captain had scheduled a meeting With uh, the senior officers On one Sunday morning And okay. the uh, ship was at sea Okay. He told me to give him a wake up call You know an hour prior mm-hmm. So I did call him At the scheduled time uh, And uh, When no one answered, I thought probably he's already awake, you know, probably in the shower or must have left the cabin or something. So, yeah, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: say 15 minutes prior the meeting. I just gone on the bridge, you know, for a cup of coffee,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then while having a chat with the uh, officer on watch, I asked him, like, "Had you seen the captain? Is he around?" Mm-hmm. And uh, that guy said, "No, he hadn't seen him this morning." You know. But then I told him, "Hey, but I already called him. Like it's been forty-five minutes since I called him." So, and then he just asked, "Like okay, how did you call him?" And like I, I phoned him, you know, I, I gave him a ring in the in his cabin no 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 no. like how long the phone ring uh, I, I said like 6 to 10 times pretty normal you know that's uh, and then he told me no <laughs> you have to make sure the phone rings for 5 minutes I'm like what 5 minutes <laughs> I, I think a, I think a dead person can wake up in 5 minutes yeah, <laughs> of ringing of these uh, loud loud phones And then I had only heard of heavy sleepers uh, then. yeah, I had never encountered anyone like this. But then I also thought, hey, if we have an emergency or something, how do we wake up the captain, man? This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) When I joined my first ship, I remember on the first day when I got a call, Mm-hmm. I missed it. Yeah, I I I would consider myself a heavy sleeper. Then you know, when uh, I never heard alarms and never any doorbell or anything, you know, uh, before coming to see. But when I came to see, even on the first day, I didn't hear anything. But then after that, uh, to way I was folded for it and all, and the repercussions of it. Uh, with that, I never missed that call again. You know, ever in my life. Okay. So that is how I was, and like, I really wondered uh, how exactly, uh, you know,
2: did a captain manage to do this?
0: Yeah, and uh, how do you then, like, how do you get hold of uh, this uh, captain when uh, it is an emergency and all, you know? So, but yeah, that was quite an interesting incident. You might have to perhaps place
1: a secondary uh, horn in his cabin for an emergency. (laughs) that's the that's the closest to waking up in a jiffy like correct correct
0: they have to redesign that ship you know wherever he is or he needs to carry this thing you know wherever he's going you know whichever whichever ship he's going on you know and and a buzzer just outside the
2: cabin (laughs) so (laughs) yeah
1: that is pretty wow that was a really fun one Thank you for this conversation, Captain. It was a really wonderful conversation with you.
0: Hey, thanks a lot, yeah, uh, Anant, for uh, having me here. I, it was a great opportunity and I really appreciate it. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. And I wish you a safe journey. And I hope to see you soon.
0: Thank you very much and all the best to you too.
1: You just heard A Day in Your Life. An Offspin Original. Created and produced by Anant Krishnan.
0: This show is live and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, Savan, Ghana, Wink, and every other place we thought hosted podcasts. Give the Offspin team a like, maybe a subscribe on their Instagram page, and be in touch. We love hearing from you. Keep listening to content from Offspin Media Friends. And keep listening. The opinions expressed in this show are personal to the guests and the host. and violence. Listeners are advised to use their discretion.